This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. Over the shoulder catch by Kirk in the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jurecki, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. Well, to say what happened on Monday Night Football was a surprise would be an understatement. Forget the outcome from a moment. The performance, the lack of execution. To me, totally unexpected. Good morning, gentlemen. Too strong, Drew? About uh, right? Yeah, about right. I mean, I asked too you soon? yesterday. No, it's not too soon. We got to, I mean, let's hash it out. I asked you yesterday how your feelings were. And you yeah, I, different. I, I, had, I had no feeling going into that ball game. I unfortunately, it was very weird. I unfortunately had a feeling that the, the way things transpired just because of what we had the last month of the season. I mean, we talked about everything, and in some ways it seems like this team was just trying to almost subliminally tell themselves they could go out and be successful. Hey, we did this on the road. We can do all these things. The last time these two teams met, the exact same thing of the script yesterday transpired, of being able to run the football, the offense not being able to find a rhythm or get into a rhythm. And at one point I think they were 0 for 6 or 0 for 8 on third down. I mean, all of these things that you talk about that are keys to success of winning a football game just didn't go in their favor. And, you know, now there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. You talk about resetting from the regular season to the postseason, losing four or five, and, okay, that's behind us. And I've maintained all along, MJ, it doesn't matter. It might not matter how you get into the postseason, but it does matter how you're playing going into the postseason. To Drew's points, what we saw maybe should not have been unexpected based off the previous several weeks i can i I think that's fair but the fact is they were getting some of their players back um clearly connor was 100 percent, but i give him a lot of credit for gutting it out oh my gosh yes yes and you know the secondary has been up and down but i was disappointed um you know it, it was embarrassing actually i mean it's, it's it's we're having a different conversation if you lose 31 27 and it comes down to the fourth quarter they weren't even competitive. They got beat at the line of scrimmage. And we talked about it all last week. Matthew Stafford, he, there's not a single quarterback that played this weekend that had more pressure on him. And he played well, and he got that monkey off his back. Um, so you tip their hat. I mean, uh, I, I, going into the season, I liked the Cardinals roster. And, you know, you're only as good as your backups, and clearly they miss certain guys, but everyone's dealing with injuries at this point in the year that's playing in the postseason. 34-11, to 11, Cardinals lose on Monday Night Football. They fall to the Los Angeles Rams. Super wild card weekend ends with a thud. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. I'd say just how we came out against a good team like that, it's, it's hard to recover um, when you put yourself in that type of a, a hole and um, felt like we were on our heels most of that first half, and, and they did a good job attacking, had a good plan, and, and uh, got up on us, and, and it, was, it was tough sledding from there. 
Seven nothing at the end of the first quarter. Twenty-one nothing at halftime. Twenty-eight nothing. Four and a half minutes into the third quarter, the Cardinals do get one touchdown. James Conner, a two-yard score. But other than that, just not much from an offensive standpoint. And defensively, unable to slow down Matthew Stafford and company. So now you look this season: seven and zero, ten and two, but one and five down the stretch. Success or failure? Here's JJ Watt post game. It was a massive failure. I mean, from what we were capable of doing and from what we showed we can do to, to, what, to today, um, there's no other way to describe it than as a failure. There are a lot of fans, Drew, that share that same sentiment because it's what have you done for me lately and the most recent performance is what happened not even 24 hours ago. So how do you compartmentalize what we saw versus what we know this team was capable of doing through the first two and a half months of the season. Yeah, I mean what we're capable of doing and, and what it manifests itself in the postseason are two different things and uh, when you're riding so high and the team was doing so well and all of these things looked like they were unbeatable and, and every bounce went in our favor Like we were talking about the playoffs so early on but if we start seeing these glaring weaknesses and we're just outsiders looking at it, you can bet your bottom dollar that offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, head coaches are going to attack those weaknesses. And if you don't adapt, if you don't you know, adjust and, and make it, uh, corrections of what's going on, and if you think back about each week we were talking about different quotes and you hear about this team of, you know, oh, we, we've got to really tighten down or we've got to just, you know, get in on these details – those are huge problems that need to be addressed in the offseason because those started showing up on the field. And when it started bleeding, they were hemorrhaging. And it wasn't like they could just stop the bleeding. And there was never a game, if we think back, in, in my mind at least, that they were able to overcome adversity. And they either jumped on good teams early and got everything in their favor and just rode that wave to a victory, but it was never a back and forth and they were able to persevere. And that's some questions that need to be answered and, and why that is and, and we talk two years in a row, unfortunately, of, of the not finishing well. I think of a lot of it's probably because they're playing good talent, but also their identity has to be able to consistently overcome and adapt to what's being presented to them because these defenses had them figured out the past two years. And, you know, that's something that for whatever reason, whether it's Cliff calling plays and needs to maybe hand play calling duties over and let him focus on being a head coach or whatever the recipe is, it hasn't worked. But I also not sitting here sounding off the alarm saying fire Cliff or fire Vance or Kyler's not the franchise quarterback. We thought, Every season, every game presents something differently. It's just the team that can be most resilient and adapt to that. And to your point, be playing the best football in December. That's the team that's going to be able to continue on and march along. And this team wasn't capable of doing it. How difficult is it for a play caller when you go four consecutive three and outs and then you're 0 for 9 on third down and the average gain on third down was 11.7 yards? I mean, you can game plan all week, but when you when, when the bullets are flying and you're in that fire, how difficult is it to get that r- rhythm going and getting in the sink on offense? It's impossible. I mean, when, when you look at what they were trying to do, they never looked comfortable. They never felt like they had – 
um, their footing underneath them. And it started from the very onset of the game, which is, you know, it's difficult. And you can feel that. You can sense that offensively. You can sense that defensively, right, of like, okay, we need to try and do stuff. And, and unfortunately, not being able to set up the line of scrimmage and be able to establish the run game, all these things that we talked about. And, and getting all of these guys back was great on paper, but it didn't translate to the field of having it be what we needed to be and play off football. It's a whole different mindset. It's a whole different season. And, and like I said, these are not teams that you're going to be able to come back on like the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The margin of error is so small, and once that separation starts going more and more and more and more, that defense of the Los Angeles Rams, they smelled blood in the water, and they went after it. And it was all of a sudden we looked up, and it's 21 nothing at halftime, and they're, it felt like the game was over at that point. I mean, truly. That's only three scores. But to your point, it felt much worse. Thirty-five nothing, forty-two nothing. Even though you're only trailing twenty-one nothing at the half, something Kyler Murray pointed out post-game as far as what the game looked like and felt like. Prepare our week off season, you know, to, to be where we are, and then the game wasn't competitive at all. So, uh, it's, you know, it's disappointing um, that we didn't, you know, didn't make it a game, you know, and and come out. And play the football we know we're capable of playing. That's really the most disappointing part. You know, losing is one thing, but when you don't, you know, you don't even make it competitive, it's, it's another thing. So that's disappointing. Everyone knew what was at stake. Everyone understood that there would be no tomorrow if you didn't take care of business on the football field. There is a segment that believes playoff experience matters. It certainly looked like it did matter Monday night. Not so much, though, for the Cincinnati Bengals and their young quarterback on Saturday. So how do you balance those two conversations as far as you have to get there in order to experience versus, well, we'll just keep doing what we're doing and we'll figure it out? Well, I think you look at the makeup of that Cincinnati Bengals team and all the pieces they had in place. They beat a really good Kansas City Chiefs team. They had been toe-to-toe with a lot of people. They had been in dogfights. They had lost close games. They had won close games. You know, there's a lot to be said for that. And unfortunately, you know, they survived and they played – I mean – the Oakland Raiders or the Los Angeles or Las Vegas Raiders, it still sounds awkward to say, is, a, is not as good of an opponent as the Los Angeles Rams. Um, we know that based off of seating and off the, of everything else. Um, you can't compare those two things. You can look at all these things. I think this team has a lot of positives going in the right direction, but they need to take an honest assessment of where did we lose grip of what was going on? Where do we lose control of the season where it spun out of control beyond the point of repair? Because this last month of the season besides that Dallas game has not felt great and as we saw Dallas was pretty human in that playoff game as well I thought that Dallas game the Cardinals performance at AT AT&T Stadium was a sign of things to come and apparently it was not MJ because it was just more of the same that was an anomaly down the stretch well we talked about it you know when you're 7-0 and and 10-2 and you just don't want to be limping in the playoffs and, and you beat the Cowboys and you like to see them beat the the Seahawks and the Seahawks were just playing for pride and respect and you know a lot of guys are playing for contracts in the future but they did limp into the playoffs and and I think that was the result of what transpired on Monday Night Football. Again final score 34 to 11 here's Christian Kirk post game at SoFi Stadium. It's kind of hard to put into words the immediate um, response is you know embarrassing you know especially in the first half the way we came out you know playing a good team you know like the Rams and Coming out the way that we did, you're just you're not going to win playoff games. 
Embarrassing is also a word J.J. Watt used in addressing the media after last night's performance. We'll get more into the offense and their struggles in our next segment. Do have some good news to pass along here. Buda Baker just posted an IG video from his hospital bed still in Los Angeles. Everything is good. Quote, everything came out clean. I'm going to make a full recovery. So that was a scary hit late in that game. But the good news, Drew, is Buda Baker will be back and back ASAP. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing is, is this is a game. This is a sport that we sign up to play. Um, but the human element, when you see somebody lying on the turf, sets in. And that's um, – that's the reality of it is these guys are putting their bodies on the line and Buddha's done that as much as anybody. And, you know, Cam Akers was out there and he had some juice last night for them. He brought a lot of energy. He was exactly what that team needed. And just unfortunately that that's some of the risk factor of playing this game. But to hear the Buddha's great and doing well is what everybody wants to hear. And football becomes secondary in moments like that. Well said. Now, it looked like maybe just based on their size and, and obviously the collision, but it looked like they were trying to hit each other with the shoulder, but the helmet got involved. Would you agree with that? I would. I mean, Buddha's so good at taking people's legs out, and Cam Akers was the low man. The low man wins, and, and he got down there, and he's low to the ground anyways and shifty. And, yeah, I, I, there was no maliciousness in any of that. It was just Buddha. we've seen time and time again, get around the, the legs and not let him go anywhere else. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like the Day Patch Podcast, Cardinals Underground, Cardinals Cover 2, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report. We do it every Tuesday, 11 a.m., and on this Tuesday, rehashing what we saw on Monday Night Football Super Wild Card Weekend, Cardinals could not get anything going on offense against the Los Angeles Rams. We'll discuss that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Jock up snap, Murray from his end zone, looking, pumps, in trouble, gets hit, throws the ball forward, and it's picked off, and it's a touchdown. The underhand threw the ball, David Long picked it off, walks in for a touchdown. What a disaster. My goodness, you can't make that mistake if you're Kyler Murray. The safety still better than the touchdown. Wow. Third and seven, and I know exactly what Kyler Murray was trying to do. He panicked, however, and it was picked off. David Long three yards the other way, and with 7.59 to go in the first half, the Cardinals trail 21 to nothing. And as we've already discussed here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, that felt like the game was already over with an entire half still to be played. Craig Riolu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Jarecki here as we kind of focus in on what the offense was unable to do. First, Kyler Murray, his numbers drew 19 of 34 for 137 yards, two sacks, two interceptions, could not protect the football, two interceptions on back-to-back drives, the second of which the offense was actually moving. They had actually gained three straight first downs, and then the screen off the hands of James Conner into the arms of Marquise Copeland, and the Rams again off and running. What did you see out of Kyler Murray in his first playoff experience yeah he just didn't look comfortable and I don't know if it was a carryover from last game um you know because of those things and there was a lot at stake and that's a whole different atmosphere you're there as opposed to week four 
Um, but I still think there's positives that you can draw from it. Now, granted, they were negative four or whatever total yardage, and you're backed up and you're doing all these things. But I'm such a big proponent of every situation you're in can be a learning experience if you turn it into that, right? You go back and you watch this game as hard as it is, and you want to sit there and take an honest assessment of, okay, where did things go wrong? You know, obviously you'd love to be able to establish line of scrimmage with a running game. If you can't, then you have to deviate from the plan because that's what you ultimately want to do, whether it's a quick passing game, whether it's screens, getting the ball out. Through preparation in the course of the week, he should have had a pretty good feel of how they're going to attack him, I would think. I mean, being able to be in the quarterback room before and talking through with an offensive coordinator. Um, and sometimes it's just a matter of knowing, okay, as an offensive play caller, I know my quarterback's uncomfortable. What can I do to get him settled back in? Is it getting a screen up early? Is it trying to just get the ball in the perimeter? Is it just getting the ball, see it completed, a running game, all of these things, quick throws? What's his favorite pass concept that he knows he sees clearly beyond the shadow of a doubt he can just throw this and just see something positive but when you're backed up and i don't you know matthew did a very similar thing earlier in the year where he was in backed up in the end zone and when you're it's chaos back there and you get hit and you try and do it and you're just throwing it for dear life and everybody can point back to the other game that kyler didn't do it he got called for grounding in the end zone is the the results is sometimes what we harp on as fans um, as opposed to the why behind everything that happened. And he was doing the things correctly. It's just wrong place, wrong time. And it was the snowball effect that felt like it was already you know, losing grips on what was going on, and that was just probably too much to overcome at that point. Now, uh, you mentioned the intentional ground that was against the Colts, and they got a safety on that play, yeah. right? But why don't you just take the safety there? Because he, he's trying to make a play. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, okay, so he takes the safety there and it's 16 nothing, and you're punting. Do you feel better about that? I mean, we all can sit here and say that, or, or we can sit and second guess and be like, well, why didn't Cliff, feel, you know, like, why did he wait so long to kick the field goal because we got the onside kick? We don't know where any of this is going to happen. And again, when you start coaching and playing off of the results, it becomes a dangerous game. Um, could he have taken the safety there? Sure. Why the guy pushed him in the back and he still had a chance to be up? I mean, I'm shocked at that, uh, at that point and, and everything. And Kyler's doing everything in his power. And, you know, that's just such a tough split-second decision you've got to try and make. Um, and he felt like he could have done it. So, I, I, again, I, that's one that is just unfortunate timing um, in, in a really important game. 11 points, 183 yards of total offense, a season low with Kyler Murray as the quarterback. There was a 169-yard offensive performance against the Carolina Panthers with Colt McCoy as the quarterback earlier in the season. Overall, just not good on offense. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. I just thought offensively we were just out of sync the entire time. Um, and that, that's all of us, the play calling, the, the protections, the, the run game. I mean, it just wasn't what we know we can be, and, and that's disappointing. Four possessions to begin the game without a first down. Four straight, three and outs, 12 plays, minus four yards. Could never get the ground game going in the first half or even in the second half. Overall, just 61 yards on the ground. Kyler Murray on the team's inability to run the football. I think it got out of hand early. Um, you know, I think it was one of those things where you got to be able to run the ball against those guys. Um, you get into a drop back game, and they got, you know, three of the best rushing the passer, along with, you know, good players in the back end. You know, it's tough. They're a good team, good defense, and we didn't execute our game plan. According to Next Gen Stats, Drew, analytics here, he was holding the ball about 3 1 to 3 3 in the first half, and then it went down to 2 1 in the second half. 
Did you see him holding the ball? Is that where guys aren't getting separation or he's feeling – he was rattled. Yeah. No, I, I think And you that, said he wasn't comfortable. Yeah, from the onset. Now, there's a difference. Tell our, our listeners out there, feeling the rush versus looking at the rush. Yeah, there is. I mean, those are drills you work on. Again, I think part of that is just trust in your eyes. As a quarterback, you've got to be able to trust your protection and trust what's going on. And if you feel any internal pressure especially, all of a sudden your eyes drop because that's your line of sight. If you're looking through, and every quarterback post-snap is supposed to find the safeties, right? And a lot of the passing game stuff, you've got to see safety rotation. Um, wherever they go is a telltale sign of what's coming on. And, and as a quarterback, you start with the defensive front because that's a big indicator of where the space and what the linebackers will be. And then you always end with the secondary of seeing the shell of the defense. So post-snap, if the first thing you do is your eyes drop and you look back at that D-line, you've lost sight of everything else around you. And that becomes a dangerous game. And you start retreating, you start doing all of these things, and Aaron Donald talked about it. You start escaping the pocket and you go laterally. I don't care who you are at this position. There's better athletes around you that are anticipating that, coming downhill at you and forcing you into some bad situations. And and quite frankly, Kyler was lucky on a couple plays to not have more interceptions to start the game. So, you know, it's unfortunate because you would have liked to see him had his best game and Cliff was confident about it. They wanted to do all these things and Kyler seemed very confident going into the game. He's such a feel player, and if he feels comfortable like he did in that Dallas game, he can go out and he can put the ball in tight windows, he can throw with touch, he can do everything you need a quarterback to do, but there was never the sense that he was ever getting comfortable, and when you're go three or four straight three and outs, all of a sudden you look up at the scoreboard and, and, you know, you start to get a little antsy. You start to start pressing, and you start to play outside of the game, even if you have this false sense of comfort because the 49ers were able to come back. That's a different team. That's a different identity. How they operate is vastly different than this Cardinals team, and it just became too much to bear. Are you surprised Kyler didn't attempt to run the ball himself to try to get him more comfortable or at least give the defense a different look when nothing else was working? No, because I just think that I can't speak for him. I don't know what makes him comfortable. That's something only him and Cliff should be able to answer, or or Colt for that matter, right? Like I, I could tell you right now of all the, all the quarterbacks that started that I played with, what concepts they felt comfortable with, who we needed to get the ball to, who they had. Like all of those things matter, and that's what the first portion of the regular season is all about: is figuring those things out. Okay, he's out of sync. What can I do as a supporter of him to make him as good as he can be? And I think that all of those things really, truly matter behind the scenes. Um, And that's what all of it is setting up and trying to be able to do that. But I I don't think running necessarily makes anything better because then your mindset becomes a runner and you're down so many points at that. Get the ball in your playmaker's hands. And and there's opportunities to do it. I mean, you'd love to see uh, them try and establish the run more. But, again, it's not working. Where do you go from there? And, and again, maybe Cougs had – a handful of runs and said, hey, let's get this up. Let's get this up. I would love to be able to just run at Aaron Donald, as we all talked about. Sometimes that's the easiest way to negate him is just go right at him and have him eat a double team. Yeah, when you when you look at it from uh, you know Kyler's standpoint, we noticed the entire season that Cliff will call a design run in the first quarter just to let the other team know he, he has the capability of running. So we've seen that all season, at least in the first quarter, but we didn't see it as much in the final three quarters. He only ran the ball, talking about Kyler Murray, twice for six yards in that game. Overall, again, 18 rushing attempts for 61 yards by the Arizona Cardinals. Here's Christian Kirk after the ball game. That's not the way we prepared. That's not the energy that we had all week during practice, coming out, you know, even leading up pregame. I felt it was all there. 
And, uh, you know, we got out there and we just, uh, you know, repeatedly kept just not executing. And, you know, we got behind quick and just uh, couldn't, couldn't build back fast enough. Kirk, the team's leading receiver, six catches, 51 yards. Zach Ertz was a non-factor. A.J. Green, Antoine Wesley didn't even have a catch between those two. That's five targets right there. A.J. Green, Drew, we've been waiting for him ever since DeAndre Hopkins went out. There were a couple of times where you see him flash, but never consistently to be that elevated number one wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I think that the nucleus is strong here, and you add pieces to the puzzle, and, and we thought there was some really good guys that could be able to step up. Um, Anytime you have to remove a talented wide receiver, arguably the best in the game, there's got to be a collective group that steps up, and nobody really put the onus on themselves as an entire group to do that. They didn't lift that up and carry that. But, again, I think there's enough young talent here to be able to draw on the positives as difficult as it is right now. I mean, it's still fresh in everybody's mind, and I get that from a fan's perspective. But there's reason for optimism moving forward because of what they have in place and Steve Kimes showed the ability to be aggressive to go out and make changes and make hard decisions and that's what they need to do at this time. Murray had thrown two interceptions behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, One was the interception that came under pressure. Through the half he was one for six for five yards under pressure where this season he was a career high 88 percent when it came to his rating under pressure. Clearly, maybe an anomaly because we hadn't seen that all season compared to uh, yesterday. Yeah, he definitely looked uncomfortable, skittish, whatever phrase you want to make. And then, of course, when you're not successful on first down or second down, you face what the Cardinals did last night, third and six plus on every single one of their third downs. Average yards to gain on third down, nearly 12 yards. They were 0 of 9 on third down. Catch up on past episodes of the Day Pash podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at HashPod. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, we turn our focus and attention to the defense. Their struggles as well, though for the large part of that second quarter, they did get a couple of three and outs to set up the offense. Just never really got that complimentary football that we've seen so many times this season. Craig Rayalu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Drecke. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Empty backfield. Stafford takes the shotgun snap. In trouble. Gets rid of it. Right side to Cooper. Makes the catch for a touchdown. Somehow Cooper Cup got three. It's 27-0 Rams with 10.36 to go in the third. Byron Murphy one-on-one, and Cooper Cup just ran an out route, and it's wide open. We've seen and heard Ron Wolfley mention that several times during the second half of the season. Receivers wide open in the secondary. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Rialu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Jarecki discussing a disappointing, frustrating performance on Monday Night Football Super Wild Card Weekend. Cardinals lose to the Rams 34-11. to The defense tried to keep the offense in the game. They did so in the second quarter, just unable to in the second half. The Rams scored on Three straight possessions leading off with that Cooper Cup touchdown. And you look at the numbers, MJ. Cooper Cup 
didn't go off. OBJ didn't go off. Van Jefferson didn't go off. But the Rams were able to run the football, and that kept them a little bit more balanced than what we thought the Cardinals would try to be last night. Well, I mean, I think the Cardinals crossed midfield maybe in the middle of the third quarter. Um, but the thing is, is that, you know, these Marco Wilson's young. I mean, and Byron Murphy, he played well in the first half of the season. He really hasn't played as well in the second half of the season. And Wilson allowed three receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown. And his primary coverage defender, which increased to 100, including plays nullified by a penalty. And Odell Beckham beat him on several occasions. And so, um, again, I mean, you look at that corner position, um, it looked good coming out of training camp, or at least initially um, when they were able to stay healthy. Robert Alford, they miss Robert Alford. He's physical. I would have put him on Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. He can press him at the line. Um, but this is a work in progress with that that young secondary with Byron Murphy and, and Marco Wilson and Antonio Hamilton and, and Kevin Peterson. Give him credit because he's really more of a special teams player. Of course, the pass rush could have given that secondary a lot more help. And if you give Matthew Stafford time in the pocket, he was hit on his first drop back, sacked by Marcus Golden. He wasn't sacked the rest of the game. Only needed 17 pass attempts to put up 34 points in this contest yeah well i think they played complimentary football you look at what the rams did they did such a good job of that and it felt like every first down run they had it was second and five uh, they were i mean though the yardage like doesn't jump out at you uh they had 38 rush attempts and when you're doing that in a football game you're going to be successful and it just felt like they just stayed ahead of the chains they stayed ahead moving it doing all these things matthew looked so comfortable i know everybody was there was so much to do about matthew stafford and being owen three in the playoffs he went on the road to new orleans he went i was at that game when we got the brakes beat off of us um he went on the road to seattle and on the road to dallas those are three tough playoff teams that have been there that have been, done that he was at home he was on he was comfortable he looked in control of everything and all of a sudden you start blitzing him bring cover zero and you're trying to play catch coverage with cooper cup and he has a two-way go on byron murphy there is not a single db in this league that has a prayer of a chance if you unless you get home with that blitz and matthew knew it was coming he is a veteran quarterback he studied he knows vance is going to bring pressure in certain situations and when you have alerts and checks and all these things to get out of it um you're going to nullify that blitz. That blitz is not going to get home in time versus, you know, some of what we've seen in the past a little bit of uh, on offensively with getting caught with the blitz. So it's a veteran team that we had to play really, really well against. Um, I think the defense was admirable in the very beginning. They tried to hold on tight, but at the same time, this rush defense that's been leaky at, at times seemed like they just didn't have an answer. Yeah, Stafford shredded the Cardinals' defense over the middle. He was 7 for 8 for 135 yards on throws between the numbers. His only completion between the numbers was a drop pass. Yeah. He shredded them. Yeah, I mean, that's what I talked about early in the season is we didn't have a true nickel corner. We tried to put Byron in there, and he's trying to do stuff like that. But we had tremendous safeties, um, and, and I think the linebacker play, like, that's that's up for discussion and debate, um, but there wasn't a true slot corner. And the teams that can do that because Tyler Higby can create problems. You got to devote another guy to Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham one on one, and he jumps that far inside Marco Wilson does. I mean, they've got a two way go. It, it's 
you know, that's pitch and catch, that's routes on air for Matthew to be able to throw the ball where he did. And Marco's just in a tough position. He's a young guy that's playing catch coverage and trying to do all these things because the previous meeting he gets beat on a slant. And Odell scored on slants, and he's getting into that, and he's got strong hands. There's so many things of the cat and mouse game that they just seem to be one step ahead, and you got to tip your cap to them. 375 yards of offense by the Rams, 140 of which on the ground. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. They do a good job mixing it, um, the run pass, and, and uh, I thought Stafford was efficient, protected. They didn't turn it over, which is, is big, and uh, you know kept them on schedule all night. Cardinals lose 34-11 to on Super Wild Card Weekend. We did see the return of J.J. Watt. We expected that emotional lift, how effective he was going to be in his 24 snaps, though, was another part of the equation, MJ. And you look, he did have three tackles, one tackle for loss. That was late in the third quarter. Good to see him out there, just probably asking too much for him to come in and really uh, be the answer, if you will, to kind of get that team in the next round. Well, I, I maintain he's not the savior, but I think he brings a, you know, a lot of uh, you know uh, presence on the field. I think he played nine snaps in the first uh, half, and then he finished with 24, which was 40% of the offense. What was interesting to me is they were platooning Tanner Vallejo and Isaiah Simmons. Now, Vallejo obviously has more familiarity with the defense, but he got Isaiah Simmons, and, and as you pointed out um, earlier uh, when we were having a conversation, Zayvon Collins started the game. It was one play. But you, got, you drafted two guys in the in the first round, and you're Tanner Vallejo. I mean, I, again, great savvy player, but you thought at this point in the year you get more production. The fact that they're platooning Zayvon um, Simmons and Tanner Vallejo, that was very interesting to me. Simmons, 19 snaps. Collins, 8 snaps. Vallejo, 38 snaps. Just numbers, but as far as talent, I'd take Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins over Tanner Vallejo, and that's nothing against Tanner Vallejo, but as far as knowing what to do, Vallejo knows what to do within that defense. Ding, ding. Those guys are much more athletic but he's got it between the ears where he can figure out things that are, that are happening on the defense. So what happens now? The offseason is upon us. There are questions that need to be answered. We'll try to do our best here and answer some of those to the best of our ability here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Drecke on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. goal line and it's ruled a touchdown James Conner is in from two yards out and the Cardinals are finally on the board with 4-11 to go but still down three scores well 12 personnel one back two tight ends and all you did hand the ball off to James Conner out of the gun running the inside play it's a nice hole at the point of attack that was an easy touchdown for James Conner And the only touchdown for the Cardinals against the Rams last night on Monday Night Football, a two-yard touchdown run, capping a 12-play, 75-yard drive. Cardinals lose the Rams 34-11 as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Greg Riolu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Drecke. The Cardinals season is done. They win 11 games in the regular season. Their postseason stay is one game and done. And now the offseason begins. Before we get to our thoughts on the offseason, Chase Edmonds on the message delivered in the locker room post game. When you have a season-ending loss <clears throat> in the NFL locker room or just in a football locker room, 
you know, you don't you don't really talk about what went wrong. Um, just obviously, you know, guys look at the film tomorrow on their own. But just to uh, show appreciation for all the guys in the room, all the coaches in the room, you know, it's it's, it's hard to get to the playoffs in the NFL. And um, that's something we accomplished. Obviously, definitely didn't end the way we wanted it to end. Had a bigger ambitions. But so just to speak on the progress that we made as a team and find ways to build and become a better team next year. Very hard for a lot of fans, Drew, to kind of look at this season as a success. You don't discount the 11 wins, but it's not just a matter of getting into the playoffs. It's a matter of an extended postseason run. And Yeah, expectations change. If you start off 7-0 and and 10-2, and your expectations, the bar gets raised, and it was raised by those players in the locker room. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, how do you get back to that position and maybe not worried about a undefeated start to the first two months and play better football in the month of December and January. Yeah, I think you just take it one week at a time and you can either look at it with the glass half full or half empty depending on how you want to take away it and unfortunately it's so hard to win one game in the NFL and we're sitting here and I know everybody is sulking and feeling bad for what happened. They're still one of the top 14 teams to make it in the playoffs. There's something to be said about that because last year they were at home they didn't make the playoffs. They didn't know what to do. So they continue to keep getting over these hurdles, and I think that's something you can build on. And next year, if they're 10-2, and two, everybody's going to be like, oh, well, it's the same collapse. That's not the case. This team is going to be different each and every year. There's a lot of free agents that came in this year that were – pivotal on being successful there's a lot of free agencies that are a lot of free agents that will be leaving um every team is different the makeup's different each and every year and i think that again i talk about the nucleus the guys that are going to be in that locker room and it's very strong it's very strong and, and i think those are the things you build off of you look and identify and correct the mistakes of okay whether it's schematically what we can do differently or how can we get zaven collins and isaiah simmons on the field continuously and and there had to be some reservation with all the shifting the motion and in the gap control of that defense that they didn't feel comfortable. Do you change your scheme a little bit? Do you dumb it down in a sense of you don't have as many moving pieces on the fly and you try and just let your athletes be the athletes they are, but maybe they didn't feel good in the secondary. We don't know these questions, but these are all questions that are being asked upstairs and offensively, same thing. The struggles that happened of the second half of the season, how can we make sure and take an honest assessment of, okay, was it a DeAndre Hopkins thing? Was it a scheme thing? Was it a guy do we need to go and make sure that we're doing this? And everybody's going to be a year longer in the system. We saw the big jump from year two to three of what was capable of doing that, and there's no reason to expect that they can't keep rolling that way and that thing because this is a team that people want to be a part of this is an organization and free agency that's going to attract great players and get them to come sign one-year deals and take a chance because they're that much closer. It's not like you're signing with a Detroit or a Houston or something of that nature. They're going to get those guys, and the teeter-totter is going to swing in their favor if they have the ability to do it because they're on the precipice of being very, very good. Um, it's just a matter of correcting some of the things that they need to correct and addressing them in the offseason. Without question, a pivotal offseason, a busy offseason, season ahead for this Arizona Cardinals team. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Disappointed I don't get to, to carry on with this group. Really appreciated um, the leadership we had, you know, the, the work ethic. These guys showed up every day through a bunch uh, of injuries and COVID and all sorts of, of issues and, and never, never uh, stopped believing and working hard. And it's just, um, it's tough when you don't get a coach anymore. But we'll, we'll look at uh, the th- ways we can get better throughout the, the offseason and continue to try and, you know, build this organization. No team is the same year in and year out. And, MJ, there are more than two dozen 
free agents for this Arizona Cardinals team. And I know they're offense, defense, and priority, but that's, you know, that's a lot of players, and there's no guarantee. And I'll say this, there is a guarantee that not all 24 and more than 24 will be back. Yeah, because you got to look at who they're going to retain and then who will um, they draft and who will they make trades for. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, obviously it's not going to be the same team, but you can add to it. And the way I look at it is they got to get better in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah, you can add an extra corner. You need a number two receiver, depending on what happens with Christian Kirk. You know, I would like to bring James Conner back. Um, is, what kind of market's out there for him? Is he, a, you know, a one-two punch with someone else? Really going to draft a young running back, and he's going to be, you know, not getting his reps. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the thing is, you got to get better. And, and in all fairness, though, last year they put together a ten-win team. The players failed, and the coaches failed. They they put together a good roster this year. I mean, they hit on a lot of these one-year deals. Unfortunately, there was an execution, so the coaches and, and the players failed again back-to-back years. Unfortunate the way this season finished. Immediate reaction from Kyler Murray as far as what's ahead for him. I haven't really thought about the future or anything like that. I'm trying to trying to you know soak all this in. Um, there's a lot of emotions. Um, you know, proud of the team. Uh, proud of the way we fought. A lot of disappointment and failure to end the season, but there's definitely a lot to build on as well. You've mentioned a couple of times, Drew, as far as you know, key players, offense, defense, a core that you can build around, and you have to have a quarterback, and this team believes it has a quarterback, but there's going to be some pressure now on Kyler Murray not just to win double digits games in a regular season, but to get into the postseason because you're judged by your postseason success, not your regular season success. Exactly. I mean, you look at the teams consistently year in and year out that go on to win the Super Bowl. Their quarterback is playing the best in the league at that time. Matthew Stafford played a tremendous game yesterday. You look at all of the quarterbacks that went out there, Patrick Mahomes, all the teams that are left in it have quarterbacks that are capable of going out and winning football games for you and you want to be playing your best football now i think kyler is capable in being in that upper elite echelon of quarterbacks in this league but there you need to continue to progress you need to adapt you need to learn and grow and continue to push the envelope and i think he'll do that um you can hear how discontent in his voice he is i don't think it's a massive failure like jj watt said there's only one team that's that's happy at the end of the season i was fortunate enough to be on that team last year and it felt great Every other year is considered a failure because you're trying to win the ultimate prize. But at the end of the day, once you get it this far, you have to make sure that your identity with who you are and the person next to you, you can count on them undoubtedly throughout anything that comes your way. And that team, that football team in Los Angeles was just a better team at this point in time. And and there's not saying that that's not going to change or can't be adjusted. And Kyler is going to do a great job of continuing to progress and and getting the guys along. But this team could look vastly different to your point because half a dozen of these guys are not going to be here for sure. And the other dozen might not be too. Like during the season, that is when a football team is formed. And I used to, a coach told me this, when the um, offseason comes, that's when the player becomes selfish. That's when the player gets the ability to then pick and choose where he goes if his contract's up. When you sign up and you play for this organization, this team, and I've been in that locker room, I know how special it is here, there is a differentiating factor of being able to be a part of this team that I know these guys, some guys will take less money to stay here to be a part of this. And that's a lot, a lot to be said for at this day and age. Changes are coming. 
what kind of changes, how many changes. Here's Kyler Murray. That's one of those things that, you know, hasn't, you know, it won't sink in until, you know, maybe a couple of days or, or whatever. But, you know, hopefully we can get some of those guys back, you know, if not all of them. So, you know, when you build relationships with these guys, that's always the tough part about sports is uh, here one day, gone the next. So no, I, I love all those dudes. And that's the biggest thing here, MJ, is the fact that you form relationships and then all of a sudden it's goodbye. And maybe you cross paths, maybe you don't. And then all of a sudden it's next season and you develop new relationships. But you want to make sure you maintain or retain those key pieces to get this team to the next step. Yeah, I think this team was very close um, when it comes to just personalities and, you know, everyone pulling for each other. When they, when a guy would make a play, they come to the sidelines, they were encouraging, whether it was backups. Uh, I thought it was a close-knit group, and unfortunately, you're just not going to be able to bring the same team back next year. Is there a priority for you, Drew, when you look at the off season? if we play general manager here for like 30 seconds, what you would yeah. do? Yeah. I'd love to play general manager. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that you need playmakers. You can never have enough playmakers, and they added James Conner to the mix. Getting guys like that that have a chip on their shoulder, that have that mentality to go out there and infect an entire team, based off of that, it, it, that's imperative. And getting as much protection for Kyler Murray is going to be a necessity to make him feel comfortable, to make him and allow him to play to the capability we've seen. Maybe we'll have to play GM with Drew Stanton later on, maybe several times this offseason, <laughs> just to see what kind of team. Of course, there'd be a bunch of wide receivers and uh, no running backs and just, no, you know, I want, just throw I want the ball. All, I want all mean, <laughs> nasty offensive linemen that are in the, the thick of things with me. Special thanks behind the scenes, our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Omohundro, technical director, Cody Fincher. For Drew Stanton, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time. The Cardinals Red Sea Report year-round right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Kirk, he got it! He's in! Touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.